Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Yankees visit the Dodgers in an epic regular season series. And we introduce a new face to the show. Diamond Diehards is on. The Wizard here bringing you baseball along with our new face. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Aaron Mulligan joins us. And uh, this, this has been in the works. Maybe now, Uncle Paul, you have your excuse why you haven't uh, seen a show in a while. So we have been working this out on the side to see how uh, this would all pan out. And Aaron has uh, joined the show, subbing in for dog, at least for now. But uh, I think hopefully if uh, if things work out, we'll see where it goes. We're not trying to figure everything out on the first day, but uh, hopefully you become a familiar face. So welcome to the show. Thank you. We do this one in person. Yeah. Uh, which is a has been a rarity for this show. I think Dog and I over the years have maybe done a couple of them in person, otherwise using Zoom technology. But uh, that's what happens when you find some uh, local faces who are willing to jump in and and uh, and help out. So. Here we are. Get a little Yankee Dodger talk, which is a pretty big uh, regular season series to start out with at some point. But first, we're going to tell you a little bit about Aaron Mulligan, the rookie from Monmouth University, has uh, broken the ranks of the Fordham crew. Uh, It's rare that there is a non-Fordham person on here, but uh, that is quite an accomplishment. I like Fordham, though. I I wanted to go there. Uh, I don't know I didn't apply. I think I just thought I wouldn't get in, so I didn't. But I should have. Oh boy! I know. Well, I've uh, I've done the research and and uh, I have seen it. And you were uh, you would have been Fordham material. Thank I can you. assure you that it's mostly uh, the the dedication and the willingness to uh, to put up with a lot of stuff to do what you really want to do, mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of talent doesn't hurt. And we know you certainly have that. Um, what is the most important thing we need to know about you? Not to put you on the spot or anything, but like first, um, first show, first show, third minute, you're <laughs> on the spot. Get used to it. Probably. You mean career-wise or anything? I don't care. I don't care. Go wherever you want. Just that I'm family-oriented, I guess. Family's number one over everything. Okay. That'd be the top thing. And I'm a nice person. And now your family over here. It's, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be worth something. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, just you're, you're part of the Irish family here joining Jeff the dog Healy. Yeah. More Irish than the dog. Uh, Aaron Mulligan, that's pretty Irish, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's a bottle of Bailey's right underneath the, the, the desk over here. Um, no, oh just gosh. water, just water. Today just water. For now. But there's other stuff in the fridge if you want to get it. We're in okay. Studio uh, C. I think uh, for the first time, we are going to call it that. We're up in the uh, the cabana. It's a nice kind of ish day out, not really for the pool. We decided to use this background today instead of the usual background that you see behind me or behind dog. 
uh, because we're not virtual, but uh, maybe we'll we'll play around with it a little bit as as time marches on and and see if we can uh, add a little bit to that for the people that are watching on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever. Not doing this show live on Facebook, but uh, uploading it later. And of course, if you haven't subscribed, hit the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Diamond Diehards. Uh, look for Diamond Diehards anywhere on social media at Diamond Diehards. And um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're an audiophile, or you could do an Uncle Paul. You uh, watch some of it, and then you go back and later you listen to it again. Um, That's the main stuff for our social media, but Mm -hmm. now you you can give yours. Uh, I think, I believe for Instagram and Twitter, I am Aaron underscore Mulligan23. And then on Facebook, you could just look up the name. And actually the same username for TikTok. And then for my blog, it's on Instagram at the Dissection Official. And then Twitter, because they had a problem with what I was typing in, it's Dissection The. So (laughs) (laughs) it's backwards. And then I post everything on TikTok that I, t- if I talk about sports on TikTok, I post that onto the dissection. So I use my personal TikTok for the dissection. Oh, good. Well, that's yeah. a good, that's a good TikTok presence now. You're going to have to uh, help yeah. us out. We've done, actually, we haven't done many TikToks, but mm-hmm. the ones that we've done have done like well for not having any presence on TikTok. Oh, good. Like, yeah. The first one we did had like over a thousand views. That, that's I think crazy. that was uh, with me and Uncle Paul. Uh, who you'll get to know at some point, uh, but pretty much on the live streams, uh, unless you're on the live streams, you probably won't catch Uncle Paul, but uh, he is back. Uh, he's glad we're back. So we had this uh, this thing um, as we were taking our little May hiatus where uh, Uncle Paul. So Uncle Paul's a super fan. He's he's mm-hmm. actually my my wife's uncle, okay. but he's been a supporter of this show like none other since since day one. Um, and whenever we're on the Facebook live streams, he's almost always there and he helps like drive our, nice. our comment section and everything like that. So we were trying to explain to Uncle Paul, I'm like, hey, May is going to be archive month. So go mm-hmm. back in the archive and watch any show or listen to any show you want. And I just think Uncle Paul just never got the concept of the archive thing. So Dog and I kind of threw in the towel on that. And uh, here we are with uh, with Aaron. So you have uh, your, your Monmouth 2022 so you're back yeah. you're out just about a year maybe even a year today i don't know when was your graduation may 12th okay so you just over so. so you're just over a year mm-hmm. out into the real world um and you're I, we, we we didn't do too much preparation for this because this is your first show and mm-hmm. i i'm like I, usually i don't like to zing our guests but since you're not a guest and you're a co-host i could kind of do whatever the hell i want um tell us about being a chick-fil-a delivery <laughs> You really did your research. I did. I, did. I told you in our previous discussions when leading up to this, oh I told you I would do exactly that, and you didn't think I would do it to you, but I got you. Oh I got my you. Chick-fil-A delivery person, yeah. Aaron Mulligan. Let's hear about that. Well, I was just sitting around. I said, I'd like to make money because I'm not getting a job yet um, in broadcasting, sports, and journalism. So I... um was driving and my dad said, well, why don't you apply to Chick-fil-A? I said, all right. So I tried and I didn't know if I would hear back because I'd applied to a couple part-time jobs. They didn't get back. And they got back the next day because they were really desperate at the time. And so I became a delivery driver and it was, it was interesting. Um, I didn't know I'd be doing the jobs that I would have to do. Which are? 
uh, not driving. Um, oh, it was oh. it was interesting. It was cool because they owned about four or five cars. So every day, depending on who got there first, which of the drivers, you went in and you picked your key. So I tried to get the best car every day. Um, and <laughs> I think it was a, a Kona. And um, so you do that. But the deliveries didn't really start till maybe noon or after. And I would get there at 1030. So I would have to help out in the back. So I'd have to restock the sauces and they would get a little on your tail if you were just standing around and I would say you know I have nothing I restocked everything and there was nothing else for me to do but um it was a pretty good job because you hear terrible stories about people's part-time jobs and so I would just do that and then there was an app you had to have as a driver and it was connected to a computer and you would get notified when you went out for a delivery I mean I enjoyed driving around looking at the nice houses um this was in Ramsey so we get like Upper Saddle River Ramsey Wyckoff it was you know it's a nice area so it wasn't terrible to drive around and then um <laughs> there, there were some tough times where they would send you to Suffern to like either that would be a delivery or they would send you there garden state plaza um teeterboro to pick up boxes of napkins or whatever that we needed so that was interesting but i got lost in suffering once and i was out for an hour and they called me and they were like are you okay and i said i have no idea where i am and i had to go get gas because I was running out of gas. I thought I was going to go there and back and I had to go get gas, but my heart sunk because first of all, I was driving the Honda pilot, which I didn't want to drive because it's like a bus to me. <laughs> and then I had to get into the gas station. So I'm there and I'm, I sat there for about two minutes and I said, Oh my gosh, I'm in New York. I don't know how to pump gas. <laughs> Jersey girl, <laughs> Jersey girl alert right here. Oh my gosh. So I went into the, the ready Mart. And this nice boy at the counter helped me, um, and he taught me how to do it. <laughs> so, and then I went back, and they sent me the new address, um, and it worked out. But you know, it was just stuff like that. And then it snowed a little bit, so then you had to watch out for ice and everything. And yeah, I mean, pretty nice people there. You know, I, I really can't complain about my experience, but it was interesting, for sure. Wow. Yeah. You didn't expect this to be your first thing to talk about in your diamond diehards career. No, I didn't. That. Oh my gosh. But that's what we do here. We, yeah. We, we, uh, we sabotage our audience. We just throw stuff at them when they're least expecting it. And, uh, you know, if you listen, you listen, it's a great, uh, it's a great gift. And if you don't, then, you know, you're, you're, you're missing out. But, yes. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend as we steal from, uh, the Believe in Giants podcast that uh, Bob Papa, my fellow Fordham, Fordham brethren, and uh, Carl Banks do. Dog's favorite podcast, including this one. Uh, he likes that one more than this. But I just got Bob Papa's autograph this summer. Oh, really? Yeah, he was very nice. I mean, we went to the Giants Fest at the stadium, and he walked out from the tunnel. We were right next to it. And we were like yelling his name and everything. I just stuck down a piece of paper and a pen, and then he gave it back. It was it was very nice. Guess what? I have couple, it in my room. A couple of years, Bob probably asking for your room. <laughs> he so. was five years ahead of me at Bergen Catholic and five okay. years ahead of me at Fordham. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't realize I, he went to Bergen Catholic. Yeah, he did. I, I, I picked up the Bob Papa torch every time he left it down. Although, nice. and we've met a few times that I, I don't know if he could pick me yeah. out of a lineup or anything <laughs> like that, but you know, when you drop the Fordham stuff with people, oh, yeah, 
yeah, you're pretty, you know, Monmouth, you'll get there. Yeah. You get there. You get there. Uh, they're going to be following you. You're going to be like the Bob Papa to like Monmouth of people. Monmouth. I like that. There's going to be like a Monmouth person. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, okay. So you decide that you want to do sports. We have, uh, you know, mutual, mutual connection. Mm. Uh, my daughter, your sister, you and I start uh, chatting it up based on them. So good job, uh, Louisa and Elise for making that connection. Yep. And uh, good job, by the way, by uh, Dominic Rizzo and Xavier Rizzo getting a production credit for uh, for the show because they helped us uh, throw it together here when we uh, just tried to troubleshoot a couple of things as uh, as we always have to do whenever we are trying to do this thing in person. But uh, I think we'll ca- we'll continue to get better uh, at, at that as we go along. And uh, this is like step one. And uh, glad you are a part of it. But Thank your you your your fandoms really come Yankees and in baseball and yeah. Giants football. Yeah. Right. What about outside of that? Are we, are we really are, are, you, are you a two trick pony at this point or, you know, mm, I mean, I love golf, which I feel like a lot of people have this trio of baseball, football, basketball. Um, I didn't really grow up exposed to basketball because my dad doesn't really like it. He liked playing it and we both enjoy watching it live. And I don't really know how to explain it, but I prefer March Madness over the NBA and I don't really know why. Um, but yeah, so I'd say football, baseball, golf. Um, I like following the Olympic sports too. So that's a little different, I guess, but I fenced. So I'll follow USA fencing here and there. Oh, you fenced. Well, yeah. uh, Sabre? No, um, Epe. Did you know? Did you know this? A Russian fencer was disqualified from the 1976 Olympics for wiring his Epe. Did you know that? I didn't you know that. You can look that up. On your computer, if you turn it back on, you don't yeah. have to do it now, but right. trust me, you could come back next show. You'd be like, wow, I forget what his name was, but that is a true story uh, wow. in Montreal, the Olympics in Montreal. So you never know what you're going to get. No. Um, Yankees Dodgers. I woke up on Friday. So we're doing the show on Saturday, June 3rd in the afternoon. So they've played one game. The Dodgers won eight, four in the first game. Kershaw was the winner and Luis Severino was complete. Uh, he was like hot garbage. Couldn't mm-hmm. barely get out of the first inning. And when he did, the second inning was only slightly better. Um, I woke up like a little kid at 4.36 Friday morning thinking about the Dodger-Yankee game, you know, because I grew up in an era when the Yankees played the Dodgers in like, you know, the first kind of you know enlightening of of my baseball life was uh, you're going to laugh at this because i probably i'm older even than your parents but um like i remember the 76 world series mm-hmm. believe it or not as a really little kid but like i was always just crazy into sports so i was i was on like the high end of that uh level there so even for that age like most kids wouldn't remember that that were that were my year and then 77 i remember more clearly that's yankees dodgers so as like my most formative years it's like yankees versus dodgers they beat them in 77 yankees Mm -hmm. beat the dodgers in 78 they're they're always competitive like through the next you know four years dodgers get to the world series in 81 finally beat the yankees and then they they sort of you know go different ways there for a while um and even though both teams have been so good 
they haven't met in a World Series since, and they have this history, you know, before that of meeting, you know, whatever eleven times in the World Series, whatever it is, and you know, right. and my dad, when he grew up, was a fan of like all those those Yankee years. So there's mm-hmm. my so there's my Yankee breeding, um, which has carried on to producer Xavier Rizzo, but somehow didn't get to Dominic Rizzo. Oh, and, really? Uh, he's but with his mother as a Mets fan, and Luisa Rizzo is just a front runner. She will <laughs> go to whichever one is doing better. But if it came down to a Yankee Met World Series again, uh, I don't know. We'd have to say Louisa probably would just root for whoever won. Yeah. At that point. So you guys have a divided household uh, like ours. Yeah. Yeah. My oh, mom's Mets. Oh. My mom's Mets, Jets, Islanders. My dad is Giants, Yankees, Rangers. It's a little difficult. Well, you, sh- you should be a devil fan then. You just, just completely. Like I root for the devil. I mean, hockey's not my number one sport, but I root for the Devils when they're not playing the Rangers. Well, that's you got to fix that. I know. Yeah, you got to fix that, especially if you want to be on this show. <laughs> Dog decided that he was going to root for the Rangers over the Devils during the Ranger Devil series. I'm like, mm. what the hell is that about? His friend was one of the former Devils assistant coaches, Alan oh. Nasruddin, and he's like, well, they they let Nas go. I'm like, Nas got a good job somewhere else. Yeah. Like, he's in Dallas, you know, like you could still root for the Devils. Like you've been more of a Devil fan than a stinking Ranger fan, whatever. And uh, well, you know, so I I got I got that on. Yeah. So Devils Devils won. Now and now the Rangers haven't beaten the Devils in a playoff right. series in a long time. So that's the so that Devils haven't haven't actually been there as much the last 11 years, but Devils are fun to watch though. They're they're great. They're great. They're gonna they're gonna be grabbing another cup soon. Yeah, I believe it. And this house will be very happy when that uh, when that does happen again. Uh, boys, not so much the hockey fans, okay. but the parents and Louisa, huge Devil fans, huge. Hmm. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit for a second about Gatto Acupuncture and Wellness in Glen Rock, New Jersey. Book online at gattoacu.com or call five five one two one two three eight four five. If you're a little stressed out, maybe you should go see Dr. Melissa one day. She'll like have you on this program that you can't believe. Uh, Mascola Group Realtors serving all of your real estate needs in the Northern Valley, Pascac Valley, in fact, all of North Jersey. Go to GaryMascolo.com or call 201-615-3665. If that was too fast for you and you don't feel like going back and replaying it, just go to the description of the show, no matter what you're on, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Apple podcasts or Spotify, whatever it is, we always put the information for our supporters and our advertisers in the description there. And also you could find all the other links for like our social media, diamonddiehards.com, all this other stuff. Aaron, Aaron Mulligan 23 isn't, is going to be in there now. Uh, so go check that out. Okay. That was a little business. Now we talk about Game one, Yankees-Dodgers, horrible effort by the Yankees, but Donaldson comes back to the lineup, the most hated acquisition of this generation, <laughs> hits two home runs. Giancarlo Stanton seems to always homer when he goes to Dodger Stadium, so he hit one in his return. Those guys returned last night. Um, Tommy Canely returned as well. That was terrible. Yanks had to make some roster moves. They lose the first game 8-4, but really, if Severino had kind of given them anything, maybe yeah. that would have been a decent game. Um, how does it bode for the Yankees now with the fast start by the two guys who are out that are returning? Third baseman had hit like 202, you know, while, while Donaldson was out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not 
the 2015 MVP Donaldson anymore. Right. He didn't exactly light the world on fire last season. He was watching him every day. He was way better defensively than I was expecting him to be. So even if they get that back, maybe it's something. Mm-hmm. I know the fans don't always like his attitude either that he's kind of more of a, sh- like even last night when he hit the second homer, he just kind of, dr- he just kind of flung the bat. Mm-hmm. He didn't flip it. He just sort of flung it, stood there, watched it go. I mean, it was a missile, right? It was like yeah. 446 feet. But uh, are are you glad to have both back? Could you live without one or the other? Did you like the way they were now starting to play, even with those guys not back? Where, where are you on that? I really like Stanton. Um, I think he's a nice man. I think he's funny, but I don't necessarily see a huge difference between when he's there and not because he's not consistently healthy. That's the only reason. I mean, it's fascinating to watch him and judge just completely obliterate the balls every time when they're both healthy, but it's been very evident this year that judge has consistently stayed healthy longer than Stanton. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's lifting too much, which he said he wasn't. He, you know, is doing it less now. Um, I think they won and they lost without him. So I don't see a huge difference right now. I hope that he stays healthy and does show a difference. And with Donaldson, uh, I mean, Cabrera's batting average went down. And I think he was in a slump, so they did send him down. So if Donaldson's doing better um, this series and then going forward, I think it'll be good. I don't really care about his attitude because I just rather you him. care about Stanton. You said he's a nice man. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't care about Donaldson. You care about Stanton. I just it's feel more like- important for an outfielder DH to be a nice man rather than a third baseman. That's what it is, I think. I'm just thinking the same thing. I feel like Stanton's going to be here longer than Donaldson. Okay, that's fair. So I'd rather see production on the field by Donaldson as opposed to getting personal with him. Um, But I don't know. Like I I liked Donaldson last year, especially the first half of the season. And then he started to struggle. Um, But I also think he's a little on the older side of this team, at least. And um, I don't know. I think he can make a big difference. Because he could be more reliable than Cabrera as much as I like Cabrera because they can put him in the outfield when he's needed and they can put him on third. Um, but I think I think between the two, it's hard. You know what? I'm going to say Stanton's going to make a bigger difference because I feel like this irritated him, this injury, because I think he was hoping hoping that it wasn't going to happen again like the past few years. So I'll say Stanton's going to maybe ch- tweak something, I don't know, in re- nutrition or his f- fitness regimen um, to just keep him on the field. And I think Donaldson will just be average. I got, a, I, got a, I got a question. It's a sidebar. Question. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of spiders? Not big ones. No. Well, there's a little one right there. Oh. So if you want to flick it, you can flick them out Where's, of the way. Oh, it's blending in with the there table. There you go. Okay. That was good. You were very calm that? about this. There's other people that, that would have just completely run off the set. That would have been the end of the show. Oh, we got well, I saw a cricket yesterday in our basement and I, I pondered the thought of not even doing the wash for my mom, but <laughs> I walked away to get a bat to kill it. 
And then I came back and it was gone. So now I'm even more scared to go down to the basement. Well, I doubt that there is a poisonous, uh, deadly type cricket, but yeah. I you don't want it touching that. my leg. Like there's been times where it's crawled up my mom's pants. Yeah, that's, you don't want that. I don't want you that. You don't want that. But I will say this, if you get a bat, Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this we probably shouldn't be talking here. So like, like, let's just say, if you've ever tried to step on a cricket, you can't ever catch them, right? Yeah. But you get close, and it's almost like when, uh, like you have a little kid in the in the water on a a big, you know, floaty thing, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody jumps on one, and then the kid goes flying. Yeah. Right. If you step near a cricket. You as soon as you step down, it's like boom, they go, they go flying. They right. Do. So what you do is you step down like you're gonna do it, and then it's like you step in and you just you just swing. Okay. And then I don't know what we'll else happens after time. that. Uh I know your sister's a pretty good hitter. Um Thank you, so yeah. that, that could be a drill that you could have for a work on. <laughs> I will say at least you could you could do this, step in. That's actually and, a really uh, good proposal. Try to hit the cricket to right field. Uh, yeah. If you miss, then you're humane, I right. suppose. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'd be rushing to eat the cricket, but I no. think Jeff Nelson was eating crickets on the Seattle Yankee broadcast the other night. I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, there was a thing of crickets on there. And I think he, I, I don't remember if he actually ate it or not, but he was definitely ponderous about it. And Michael Kay, of course, was uh, another Fordham guy. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think Michael Kay was entertaining eating the cricket. I, I, I think I don't he's still never eaten that. an egg in his life. Really? Yeah, that's like Michael Kay. Like Google that, Michael Kay egg. I don't think he's ever had an egg in his whole life. He's a very particular guy. Yeah, he's funny though. He was he, uh, he was uh, either the same year or a year. I think it was the same year. Maybe it was a year ahead of uh, my my brother and sister in law at oh. Fordham. So. Another guy's unaware of my existence, I think, but you never know because we don't know who watches this. Uh, it's 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 always out there. Okay, the placement of the Yankee Dodger series at the beginning of June in LA, I feel like couldn't have come at as better scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know, like hockey, I'll be watching the Stanley Cup, uh, NBA, I'll be watching the NBA Finals games. Uh, but they they've you know the times are not exact the games are a little quicker gives you a good thing to flip around on mm-hmm. um i feel like this is just the perfect time for them to have put this series in and i think you could have argued well why not do it after the nba finals are over why not do it after the stanley cup finals are over and i, I think what it does is it just helps energize the Yankee fan base, it helps energize the Dodger fan base. And when those two fan bases are energized, they have so many other fans in different parts of the country that you you do feel like a general uplifting. Yeah. We're past Memorial Day. We're into the, the summer months here. This sort of makes it feel like summer for me. Uh, I My good buddy, my colleague, Juan, who's going to love that I'm talking about him right now, is a huge Dodger fan okay. in Mexico City. They, he even got like a special food spread yesterday wow. for the game. Yeah. So uh, Juan's like, yeah, I got to come on Diamond Diehards and say <laughs> how I said before the season that the Diamond, I'm like, watch out for the Diamondbacks. They are going to run oh. until the wheels fall off. And I don't, they, they're good at the top. They don't have a lot of depth. So if they get injuries, they're going to be done. But watch out for the Diamondbacks because they got, you know, they're, they're going to be tough. And he's like, yeah, you got the diamond. And I said, the Padres are going to be, you could go back in the archive. It's not that far. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're Uncle Paul, you can't go back in the archive because you don't know what an archive is. But if you're everybody else, that's not Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul, I know you love that. I'm talking about you too. Um, the Padres, I said, they 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 went out and they got all shortstops over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one guy that could play shortstop, right? And they decided that it's going to be Bogarts. So all these other guys have to get used to playing different positions. They have to figure out the lineup. They have to figure out the defense. I felt strongly that the Padres were going to be a slow starting team, and and they are. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. In fact, um, I might even go put a future bet on them to like win the National League, sure, and uh, even and even win the World Series because the odds are going to be really good on them right now. Like once they figure it out, mm-hmm. they are going to be a house of fire in the second half. I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, but I think, I think eventually they'll close that gap. Arizona will, will fade out a little bit unless Arizona, you know, they could make a couple of deals or something like that Mm -hmm. and get a little bit more depth or maybe some of these other guys that they have just, you know, maybe they never get hurt. Maybe the pitchers pitch out of their minds. Um, I doubt that they're going to make it all the way through. But I feel like the Padres are going to just keep getting better. Like when they hit it, they're going to really hit it. Like they're going to have one of these, you know, 20 and fives right back in the mix, you know, and then play 20 and 10, like that kind of thing. That gets you right back into the race, right? Unless the Dodgers just, you know, they don't even have to catch the Dodgers as as we saw last year. (laughs) You don't even have to catch them. Phillies didn't have to catch the the Mets or the Braves, right? Very true. Padres didn't have to catch the Dodgers. Um, you know, if you're in the if you're in the NL Central, you might have to catch somebody. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe kind of it. Yeah. And maybe this year or not. I don't. You know, who knows how it's going to go? But. Well, plus they have somebody like Tatis. You have to make sure that you are building your team around him because he's a star. And if I just think it's so unfortunate to see star players on failing teams. And I think they're if like what you said, if they do figure it out, they could they could really. I don't know, even uh, maybe a World Series within the next few years, at least making it close to or just making it to it. I don't know. I think I think he will get one in his career. I don't know. He's fun to watch. Well, and I think he's really start. He's got to embrace right field, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the first thing. Um, that makes a big difference. Like if, if he, the longer he, he thinks of himself as a shortstop, the more he's not going to become an elite right fielder, which he totally should be. It's not going to happen sure. in the first year, right? Like we see guys, it's easier to go from the infield to the outfield. If you come from the outfield to the infield, it's kind of a tough deal, you know, yeah. even as a young player, yeah. right? Um, but going from the infield to outfield, those th- there's still a lot of transferable skills. And then you get better at things like judging fly balls, understanding where the wall is, um, how to make a throw, throw to the right base without thinking. Theoretically, a middle infielder should kind of always know which base to throw to, mm-hmm. right? Because you're seeing it from the other end so often, and you should always know where where uh, you're supposed to be making that throw, or at least telling somebody where to where to do it. Um, so there's all these like transferable skills that 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 you have, right? And then of course he's got the he's got the big stick. But if you don't embrace it, then it's not going to happen, and the longer you take to embrace it, the longer it's going to take for it to actually happen. And I feel like when I saw him at Yankee stadium, 
it looked like he was starting to embrace it. Yeah, I'm not watching the Padres every day. Um, I did see them play in person this, this year. Did you? I was, yeah, Padres Milwaukee game and in San Diego. Okay. I was in San Diego for three days. It was 57 and raining the whole time. No. Yeah. I got totally, re- I got looking for a refund, oh um, but the game was amazing and their crowds have been incredible this year. So they have yeah. a lot of support from the, fa- they're getting 41,000 for the Royals on a Monday night. Yeah. I, I mean, come on, that's incredible. Yeah. Right. Like, um, so people are excited and they're giving back to the fact that, like you say, they're, they, they've brought in all these superstars but those guys still have to figure out how to play together who's in what role um we'll see if they decide to bring Juan Soto back maybe his maybe mm-hmm. his price has gone down because he hasn't quite been the same guy since he's been there uh you know he's an on-base machine he's uh I would say he's a below average fielder um yeah, he sometimes looks absolutely lost out there for the guy that has a lot of I mean, he, he just yeah uh, I think Tatis is already a better outfielder than than um than Soto. he is, yeah. Than Soto, yeah. Like he just, uh, he should get better. Like, I, but he doesn't seem to be get. Like he looked like he was better when he was with the Nationals as a twenty-year-old yes. in the outfield. Yes. Now he's like, he's got. He looks like he's got too much info in there. Yeah. But he could still hit. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, you know sort and, of makes up for it, but it does. And he gets on base a lot, and not in like a negative way. Like mm-hmm. he'll still, which there's people that are detractors, sort of of on base percentage which I'm not at all. Uh, but I do think that when it comes to a big at bat against a good pitcher, I sure it's great that you want to get on base. I like a player who is going to be able to hit a pitch that's marginal and put it in play in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like, I can give you examples from people who played before you were born, but Mm -hmm. the best example I like to use is from the like late eighties and and early nineties. Now, Frank Thomas and Kirby Puckett are both in the hall of fame. Those are guys that you've heard of, but you Mm -hmm. never saw play. So Frank Thomas was a hulking first baseman with the best batting eye you've ever seen. Like, you know, as good as these Soto types, right? Mm -hmm. He, he could hit three forty, and you know, his on base would be four fifty, right? Power, no speed, but everything you want in a, right. in, a, in a hitter. Now, Kirby Puckett was a great defensive center fielder, fire plug, uh, did not have a high walk rate, but his career batting average, I don't know, I could look it up on the back screen over here. His career batting average and Frank Thomas's career batting averages are probably both in the same range. Puckett didn't have as much power. But Puckett was a guy where if I'm in a playoff game in a big spot, like Frank Thomas was a better hitter than Kirby Puckett. I think that probably I would get very little uh, pushback on that. He just was, he just was a, he was a more prolific hitter, Mm -hmm. but in a big spot, I know that Kirby Puckett was going to swing the bat and try to drive in that run when I needed it. And Frank Thomas would see a pitch that's, you know, marginal, like, he knows the strike zone better than the ump. He knows that ball is, is a half inch outside, and he knows the ump is going to call it a ball on a on a three-two count. Puckett's going to whack it to right field and knock the guy in from second. Yeah. Frank Thomas is not going to swing at it because it's not in his zone and he's going to walk. And that leaves it up to the to the next guy. Mm-hmm. So to me, Soto 
the best thing about Soto is he's kind of the combination of both guys. Yeah. He'll take the walk, you know, games zero to 160. But if his team needs to win a game in game 161, 162, or the playoffs, he's going to hit that ball and he's going to try to do something. And he proved it in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And, in the, and when the Nationals won the World Series, he proved it in that run. So I was always really surprised in a way by by Soto's batting eye, like from watching him as a young, formidable player in a big spot. And let's face it, he led his team to that World Series on an offensive standpoint. And Strasburg and Scherzer were were on, uh, you know, the pitching end. It was like those three guys. Yeah. You know, Howard Kendrick, a couple other guys, you know, they were key contributions. But that was really all about Soto. Yeah. And um you know, the way he swung the bat in big spots, you go back, you watch those games in in Houston and you're like, this guy, like he wasn't, I, I don't even know. I mean, we could look back and see what he did in that World Series as far as walks, but man, he was just, he was killing them. He was killing them in all yeah. the rounds leading up to it. I think he has that baseball, that high intelligence in baseball. And sometimes it just gets lost. But I think at such a young age, he's showed how, mentally mature and strong he can be through that baseball intelligence and i i don't like how people kind of denounce athletes as though they're all you know dumb guys and everything because it's baseball is so psychological and and it's a game within a game and the fact that he has done so well so far and that he does um yeah, just think everything through pretty well because of those walks that you were saying. I just, I, I hope that he gets in a rhythm that he doesn't have right now. If and when he hits free agency, do you think the way the Yankees have kind of waited on a lot of these moves in terms of the outfield, like like a lot of people complained in the offseason, well, you know, you, you okay, yeah, you signed Judge, everybody wanted them to re-sign Judge. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most people wanted them to re-sign Judge because it's not their money. And they yeah. captain it, right? Like, it's just, it doesn't matter that you're, mm-hmm. what you're paying him, essentially. Like, you just need him as part of the fabric of your team. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Right fielder, center fielder, whatever. You have Bader. My favorite player, as everybody knows, I I was the uh, man on an island for a long time. I still am, and some no, so we're we're very much on the same page. Yeah, but I I I I can't tell you how many arguments I had and have had. I defended that trade. I thought that trade was a steal. Yeah, he's like, oh Jordan Montgomery, yeah, but like, wouldn't you like to have Jordan yeah, Montgomery in your rotation right now? I'm like, he's not really much different than he ever was when right. he came up. Like he never he never really improved he didn't take up is he solid is he going to give you innings yes but on a playoff team even last year for the cardinals it's he was at the back of their rotation still yeah um and you know he went on to pitch the best ball of his career for you know a month and a half Mm -hmm. while while bader didn't play and then we got to the playoffs and bader played and he was like babe ruth yeah which was unexpected for me actually the funny thing was in the playoffs last year harrison bader wasn't he did not look good in the outfield i was like what because i watch a lot of cardinals like i watch a lot of games around mm-hmm. the league um and like i was looking at Bay. i'm like this is not the guy that i'm kind of used to seeing like he just wasn't playing balls right or whatever right but he was crushing the ball i'm like and that's not the batter that i'm used to seeing like <laughs> well, what is this guy like where did this guy come mm-hmm. from this year immediately right off the bat as soon as he got in the lineup like 
he was he was hitting, but the fielding is the thing that just jumps off the page, right? So if you have him in center, you have Judge in right. Now look what they're doing, right? They send Cabrera down. They're playing. IKF was signed to be the stopgap shortstop. Well, he wasn't signed. He was traded for in the Gary Sanchez trade, which is yeah. you know looking looking brilliant at this point, yeah. right? Um, Sanchez is on like his eighth team, yeah. um, and you 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 know you're stuck with Donaldson's contract mm-hmm. for a couple of years. But again, it's only money, and you really don't have anybody else better at third. But what you do have, right? I actually loved what you said before about you don't care as much about Donaldson's attitude because you know he's only going to be here almost certainly just through the end of the season because that's when his contract expires. And it's you know unlikely, I think, that they would go in the direction to re-sign him, although you never know. Mm-hmm. But even if they do, it's not going to be at the term and uh, that that he's at in terms of money. So you don't really care as much if he's a good guy, bad guy, whatever. You care more about Stanton because you know he's going to be here and it's part of the clubhouse. And it's important that the guys respect him. You know, like it's part like him and judge, like it's part of the fabric of the team. And you want Volpe to come up and and be in that mold. And, you know, it becomes the Yankee way. Right. It becomes like these these guys emulating Jeter in the clubhouse off the off the field, whatever they're doing. Um, and then playing hard on the field, right? Bader's another guy that kind of fits into that, you feel like. Mm-hmm. But they go out and they never they never trade Glaber Torres, which I can't believe it, right? Me too. And they keep LeMahieu, which you knew they were going to do, mm-hmm. but you feel like, well, LeMahieu's been a better second baseman defensively and, you know, the past few years, even, you know, his dip notwithstanding, offensively better. But, you know, LeMahieu fills in at, at, at third when Donaldson's out. Volpe comes up to be the shortstop. You have IKF, who was supposed to be your stopgap to get to the young guys. And he was that. Mm-hmm. Um, he can also play there. You want a gold glove at third, right? So yeah. he could play there. You move him to the outfield. And now he's filling in and left. Cabrera goes back down to the minors. So they're not really like they're sort of leaving a couple of spots open for the long term, which makes me think that. Maybe at some point, they're sort of keeping these things open in case Soto decides that it's going to be the Yankees and not the Mets or the Padres or the Dodgers, whatever, right? Like, I I, I feel like that's a possibility down the road. And when you think about it, offensively, like, he's, I mean, it's hard to find a team that doesn't need him, right? But, yeah. like, imagine him, you know, pairing him with Judge, forget about even, even Stanton, right? Like, the on-base guy and the power on-base guy back-to-back, you know, growing old together, mm-hmm. even though uh, Soto's much younger. Like, I, I, I sort of think in my in the back of my mind, maybe that's why Cashman hasn't made some of these other moves. Maybe that's why he hasn't got, gone out to try to lock up another outfielder. Maybe he's fine with the flexibility that they have now. And I like guys like IKF. Like, I think they need guys like that. I thought it was a huge mistake to not have him in the lineup in the playoffs last year when they benched him because he you're striking out 15 times against the Astros yes. and you're taking out a guy who puts the ball in play. Like, at least he's not going to strike out. Mm-hmm. Make them make three more plays a game. Maybe somebody throws a ball away. Maybe somebody lets you get an extra base when you hit a ball to the, to the outfield. Maybe anything better than a strikeout, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we're so ingrained in this, like strikeouts are okay. Bullshit, you know, which I'm not like, I'm not, I, I don't like that. Um, that's why I love watching softball. Right? <laughs> like it, 
Coaches don't want their kids to strike out. Put it in play. Don't strike out. Don't strike out. Nothing good's happening on a strikeout. Except the only good thing that happens on a strikeout is that you didn't hit into a double play or a triple play. Otherwise, it's it's. I I don't know how this myth got, you know, prolonged with with. I I mean, I guess some people accuse sabermetrics of it. I guess maybe, but it still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when you look at it from a baseball playing standpoint of what you need in a lineup. It's okay, sort of, for some players to have a higher strikeout rate because maybe their walk rate's high and, you know, those things are within the same nature. But like contact is almost always going to be better, Mm -hmm. right? Like you'll give a little bit here, you'll take a little bit there, but it's still best to have a mix in your lineup of players that could do different things because in it, what we, what we see is you can get so far, but then when you get into a big spot in a big game against a good pitcher, you're going to strike out. They're going to strike. Justin Verlander is going to figure out a way to strike you out. You know, maybe one game last year, right. He got rocked all the other, all the other playoff games. He figured it out. Big spot. You saw it. He didn't let you get anything. Um, right. And if you have too many guys like that, that's that's exactly what's going to happen over and over. So I like the idea of having some of these other guys in the mix. And, you know, event if the eventuality is Soto and left, right, you still have spots for guys like Cabrera if he ends up being the answer. He's, mm-hmm. he's more valuable to you at third than he is in left field. Yeah. Because he's a switch hitter and he's versatile, and he's generally considered to be good defensively. He's more valuable to you at second because of the same exact reasons, right? Mm-hmm. If he's the eventual second baseman, although Glaber is, the more and more I see him, he, the more and more I'm starting to feel like he looks like the Glaber Torres that-, that What he's expect. supposed to be. Yeah. I, I don't want them to get rid of IKF. I really like him, which what you were talking about before with uh, Tatis, having to embrace right field, I think IKF is the perfect example of that because he didn't want to get traded. He didn't want to get released when Volpe came up. Um, I think that was a shock to him, but I think if anybody was watching spring training, it was kind of inevitable. I did. I thought they were just going to have him go to the rail riders for maybe a few weeks and then bring him up, but I didn't expect them to bring him up right away and just skip over AAA. Um, and so I think if I was IKF, I would have like I would have had trouble sleeping. Well, I mean um, he got he got benched for Peraza in the playoffs right year, right? So I mean it could Which it was a slap in the face, I think. And I don't think there was any thing to back that up with because well, I, I, just I think didn't that like it. if you if you were backing it up with anything, you could say that uh cousin Anthony Rizzo was his saving grace because he he did look tired defensively by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot of throws that were offline. He was still making a lot of plays in the field, but not as many as he was in the beginning of the year. You know, he wasn't, I think by the metrics, actually, he was a pretty good defensive shortstop, but by the eye test, he wasn't so much. Right. And by the end of the year, it was kind of evident that they were, you know, they were kind of just getting by with him there. But they, I felt like they, they needed his, I felt like they needed the clutchness of his contact bat Mm -hmm. that he did get a lot of, not even necessarily big hits, but big moments 
with, because, or he did the thing that led to the thing that led to the thing that made it yes. happen. That was the whole, that, that was the story of Jose Trevino's season yeah. last year, right? Yeah. Like that he put, he put it in play and he, now he was peerless defensively behind the plate last year. So it's not a perfect comparison, but you know, you stack two of those guys in the lineup now, right at the, at, at the bottom and you know, a low guy in the order gets on base. Somebody moves him over. Then the other guy slaps a hit, you know, mm-hmm. to, to right field. And now you just scored a run in a two, one game against a tough pitcher. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's how you win and lose these games. A lot of times yeah. when you get to the, to the, um, you know, to the, to the big spots where the, you know, the wheat separates from the chaff. Yeah, I agree because he's not, like Judge or Stanton, which I think Judge now more so is hitting base hits and doubles um, in addition to home runs. But prior to maybe last year, he was just a majority of the time it was home run or strikeout, um, especially his rookie year. But with IKF, I think it's just more reliable, like you said, clutchness. Um, but yeah, and I think he embraces any position he's sent to because he was just desperate. He went to Boone and said, put me in the outfield because I don't want to be on the team. He's he's had some of those spectacular catches that were because he was misplaying balls and maybe mm-hmm. getting a little bit of credit for being better. But like that was only in like the first two weeks. Yes. Like now he looks like he's been playing there like a regular outfield. Yeah. Like he's, he's, I mean, it's not Bader. In, no, in, in the outfield, but like he makes important he, catches. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily dive like Bader or or sprint over to to the wall or something. Um, but I think he makes some differences. Yeah, you know, difference making catches. I, listen, I, I I like guys like that. I I think that you must have guys like that on your team if you want to ultimately win. Yeah. Right. Look at the. I mean, they manifest themselves in different ways. It's not always just that it has to be a utility guy, but it could be, yeah, you know, like. Chaz McCormick, right? Like a guy that kind of comes from somewhere, but you're not really sure where for the Astros. Like, like it, there's always a guy, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a guy on those teams. So to me, IKF is is that guy. And maybe at some point you feel like Cabrera would be the replacement of him being that guy, right? Yeah. Sort of the same ilk of, of player. Like if he gets a chance to play somewhere every day, He'll be among the top players of his position defensively. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure what he's going to hit. Um, he's a different type of hitter, though. Too. He's he's more of a you know not not as much of a contact hitter. Yeah. But you know, still a, like a deep a glove first guy will go anywhere uh, that you put him. And the longer he plays there, the better showing he's he's probably mm-hmm. going to make. So you know, whatever they do with IKF, who I think is just signed through this year, like Donaldson is. Um, We'll see how that pans out. But in the meantime, um, when those contracts expire and when there's other people out there in the market, I still think that they are not going to go after any kind of big time outfielder until Soto hits the market. I just, that's so interesting. Just the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, because last year I was like, what are they doing? What are they waiting out on? Like, why why aren't they? I thought they were going to keep Benintendi. So that they have him in the outfield, and then you know that went down the toilet. But well, that was one of the things that really sprung this in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't you just keep the guy? He kind of fits why would you exactly get somebody what you're like doing. Him. He's solid defensively. He can, you know, usually hits for average. 
doesn't have a huge walk rate, kind of doesn't do anything great, but doesn't do anything bad, right? right? Uh, team player, people like him. I, I know a lot of female fans didn't like him. Um, did well in Boston doing that. Uh, but I only found him attractive when he came here, not in Boston. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what actually made me really think of it. I'm yeah. like, so the term that he was looking for was three years. Well, that would have meant that you would still have him and you'd have the log jam in the outfield by the time Soto came to market. So I, I could see these scenarios. Like I could see a scenario like this, right? JD Martinez crushing the ball for the Dodgers right now, but he's not signed long-term in any way, shape mm-hmm. or form. Right. But kind of a good bat for them to have in the middle of the lineup yeah. and showing that like they could use a guy that's a D you know, right-handed type DH with the other guys that they have with the, you know, the makeup that, that they have around the infield and the outfield where they're, you know, sometimes plugging in guys, sometimes not. Okay. So they know that they need that productive DH spot, which some teams don't necessarily need. Some teams have four outfielders and they'll rotate the DH some teams have an extra infielder or a catcher that they like to put there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways of doing it. Not always do teams, especially now that you have the, the DH universally through both leagues, um, there's more of a chance that a regular DH spot guy is going to pr- probably raise a little bit in value. Who hits better in Dodger Stadium than Giancarlo Stanton? Mm-hmm. So to me, there's a scenario where the Yankees visit after the season trading Stanton maybe to the Dodgers seeing, you know, what's up in the, in the Soto camp. But I still think there's a world where they could have both Soto and Stanton. The problem is it log jams you with have now that you have Bader to me, Bader's a guy that you want to keep as long as you have judge. They have to extend him. Yeah. You want to keep Bader as long as you have judge, because even though Bader has a high injury rate, Judge can still fill in. I know they have Greg Allen playing mm-hmm. center at the moment, and he's solid. I don't even think he's as good a center fielder as Judge is. I love Judge at center. Like, me too. I would just play him at center. Me too. Um, go back to the archives. You could hear me talking about Judge playing center and Stanton uh, playing the outfield and mm-hmm. the Yankees getting Anthony Rizzo like four months before any of it ever happened. Uh, oh, my April gosh. 29th, 2001 show, maybe. Check it out. We even did a show about that show. It was the... So we time travel here yeah. on the show. Um, so when Juan Soto becomes a Yankee, every we'll go back to this show and we'll replay it and we'll do Talk that. About it. Yeah. And we'll remind everybody at that time, listening, you know, years or whatever, months from now, that this was Aaron Mulligan's first show on Diamond Diehards as well. So you My got debut. to time travel in, in your debut. Thank you. Yeah. So you're welcome for that. Um not nothing withstanding. I know that there probably haven't been as many talks about the Yankees moving Stanton more recently, especially because his uh, his injury rate has not been uh, as high as it had been some of the previous years, mm-hmm. like his first couple of years with the Yankees. Um, but it would make sense at some point if they were going to look at that. If they if the Dodgers come asking, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees 
moved him there, but he's, you know, I, I, I think they were going to move him to the giants even a couple of years ago, but he didn't want to go there. Yeah. I think the Dodgers might be the, and I believe he's got a full no trade. So the Dodgers probably would be the only team that he would go to anyway, but I suppose there's a world where he could still even say no to that. I think he would only go if this year and maybe next year they don't get to the world series because he's probably fed up. I mean, as they all are, but he was so intentional about coming here when he was with Miami, where he basically threatened Jeter. He was like, <laughs> send me there or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, because for a player of his caliber, of his stardom, I think it's almost embarrassing that they haven't gotten to the World Series. I mean, it's the same thing every year. It's it's, it's like we're playing replay every year. Um, they get to the playoffs and, and nothing happens. You know that it's going to go downhill. It's like everybody's excited and then we know what's going to happen. So I guess he, with the, with the right price tag, he would, he could go there, but I think it would be very sad and disappointing because it's just such a, I don't know. He's really a part of the fabric. I mean, you see him and judge and you, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. People go to Yankee stadium to see the two of them together because it's sort of something that's never been done before. I mean, they're, they're huge men (laughs) and they're, playing this sport that traditionally is not for large men like them and maybe that's why they get injured so much i don't know but um it's just really exciting to watch the two of them together so i think that would be the only the right price and and if they continue to lose in the playoffs that's that's the only reason why he would go to to the dodgers because that's the other major city in america you think of the u.s and you're like oh la new york so if there's any for, anywhere for him to go, it would be L.A. But I, and especially as a kid, he always talks about it like where he he hits the home runs now, like he barely plays at Dodger Stadium now. Right. Like he hits the home runs like practically into the seats that he used to sit in as yeah. a kid growing up and going to the game. So it'd be a full circle story. I mean, oh, it yeah. would be all over it. Yeah, it'd be a great. And story listen, he would he would he would do great there yeah and you know you like you know how the dodger fans are they'd love him from day one mm-hmm. and you know he would fit perfectly behind freddie freeman i'm sure freddie freeman would love to have him there oh yeah you know and mookie betts would love to have mm-hmm. him there i mean it's like you have all like three perfectly different kind of players right yeah um that would be cool stan and, and mookie in, in the outfield yeah. I mean, and, and who knows how much outfield he would have to play there. Maybe he would play right. a little bit more. I mean, I know the Yankees want to continue to play him in the outfield. They're not going to do it like right off the bat here. Mm-hmm. They're going to wait for him to get, you know, into better baseball shape before they do it. But I think he is a better player when he plays the outfield. I think he's a better hitter. I think he's actually, he is not a butcher in the outfield at all. He's not a gold glover, right? but he does not, he he doesn't really hurt you out there. I mean, he's not judge, but yeah, he's got, he gets to, when he gets to it, he catches it. Mm-hmm. He gets to a fair amount of balls. You know, he's probably like a league average outfielder and he's got a pretty decent arm. And then when you talk about having an outfielder with that bat, well, that, that raises the stakes. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think he just does play better when, when he's doing that. I think he's more into like the rhythm that you were talking about, right? Like the, Long season, you need players to get into rhythms. They're not always going to be in it. It's not always going to be the same rhythm, but they catch different rhythms at different times. Sometimes it's a two-week span. Sometimes it's a week where a guy is just completely on fire. And sometimes it's 
two months of just really consistent, excellent ball, mm-hmm. right? So you never know what it's going to be, but at some point, right, you do you do need your star players to to do that. And whether he's a star player for the Yankees or the Dodgers, and that moves the piece that ends up, you know, leaving Soto with the Yankees. Watch, probably as we're doing this, Soto will sign like a 10-year deal with the Padres, <laughs> right? Like, because why not? They just sign Imagine. everybody to like a 10-year, 15-year deal. Um all right, we did a lot of we did a lot of Yankees. We did your your background. I think we've solidly uh moved you into the mix here. We'll see what the future brings. But uh how was how was show number one as we uh wait, actually, let's tell everybody first before we do that about fmsgraphics.com. A family-owned, family-run business for over 50 years. Go to fmsgraphics.com for all of your printing and promotional needs. We know a lot of you have done that. So uh, please continue to do on. Schmitty was the first one to do it. Our uh, great fan, Brad Schmidt, was uh, was the first one to uh, to go to FMS graph- fmsgraphics.com uh, because of Diamond Diehards. And we remember that stuff around here. Uh, your car's dirty. Aaron Mulligan, Big Ed's Car Wash, Fairlawn, New Jersey, 17-16 River Road in Fairlawn, clean and green, 118-foot tunnel. Tell them Diamond Diehard sent you. That is Big Ed, which is another thing. As we do more of these in-person shows, Ed will stop by one of these times, and uh, he he always hooks us up and takes care of us. But really, the car goes in there, and it comes out clean and it's not just that it comes out clean it stays cleaner for longer and i don't know how he does it inside and out go mm-hmm. see big ed at big ed's car wash Fairlawn, new jersey okay show number one uh thoughts final thoughts this was a lot of fun is this is it, is it, is it, gonna, is it gonna be a one-off <laughs> no no i was first and last show I, I was very flattered by the chick-fil-a question um because you did do research which means you care so if a host cares about, you know, a co-host or a guest, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And they were good topics that we were talking about. They weren't just basic. You know, we really went into it. And um, you made me think about stuff because I <laughs> was like an idiot over here thinking, why aren't they going to sign some outfielder? And it's probably because of Soto. So, yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. I, had, I thought your best point, actually, at first I was like trying to figure out where you were going with it. But when you were talking about donaldson and stanton and their makeup like off the field or whether they're like or whether you you know you like them or not Mm -hmm. because i never really considered it that way but i think it's a i think it's actually a phenomenal point that for a short-term guy you kind of don't really care as much like you just like just put up numbers dude and then if we like you kind of one day we like you and if we don't like you it doesn't really matter cuz you're going to be gone next year anyway but like yeah we'll see you at the 10 year reunion from right. from the world series right but and like maybe then you'll be a nice guy mm-hmm. uh and we'll get along but like it's more important for somebody who's going to be there for a while because other players will want to gravitate and maybe in in that atmosphere they're going to play better or maybe, uh, you know, a young guy gets, you know, Stanton to take him under his wing. Um, and it's not a hazing sit, you know, like whatever right. the stuff that used to go on probably a lot more than it, than it does now. I don't mm-hmm. think so much of that stuff goes on anymore, but, uh, I thought that was a great point. Uh, and 
I can you. say that it's not one that I that I ever considered. So you brought something, uh, you came back. That was, and that was like one of your first points of the whole I hope it didn't make me seem like I have a, a frozen heart. Um, but I just feel like it, I just pay such close attention to, um, I think more so NFL business. And they're so cutthroat that they really don't care what the background of the player is, if you can make a difference. And I mean, MLB does that too, because... I mean, you really, it's a business transaction. So, you know, I hope it didn't seem, seem rude, but if no, you need good. production. There's a lot of people that probably love the favorite. Oh, okay, good. Cutthroat. I love this girl. She's cutthroat. <laughs> oh my gosh. She doesn't care. She wants 22 homers and yeah. defense from Donaldson. And she doesn't care if he has a fight in the dugout. I really don't. I, I really don't. And I kind of like that because my favorite player is Brett Gardner. And so I like, he kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Um, just how he doesn't talk too, too much. Um, he got into a little thing last year, but uh, I don't know. He reminds me of him, him and Bader. I don't know why, but they remind me of him. I could see Donaldson hitting stuff in the dugout. And I like that. Um, I, I mean, he might be a nice person off the field too he might i think he's a good dad people say um from social media but oh uh, surprise josh donaldson joins the show next oh week, God. Next but yeah i really don't care i mean if you're a long-term player then i do care because then you're doing the community outreach stuff and and your kids idols either way but um yeah i think in this business you have to do if you can produce on the field and you know, you're going to be gone in a couple of years and you're not going to have a humongous impact on the clubhouse. Judge has that taken care of. I think Stan a little bit. Um, and Rizzo too. He's big personality. So we, we refer to him here as cousin, cousin Anthony. Rizzo, cousin Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> cousin Anthony. Yeah. yeah cousin Anthony. <laughs> have you Which... gone to Lynn, Lynnhurst pastry shop to get his Italian ice? No. Oh, it's so good. Trying to cut down. Okay. Uh, you know, but yeah. yeah. At some point, yeah. He's never denied being my cousin, by the way. So just so you know. Well, you never know. Yeah. No, I know. I know he's never denied it. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) Same last name. You never know. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, I'd say there's like a solid probability that we could, I'll ask my cousin. Yeah. She'll figure it out. Yeah. She's actually, you know really grew up in Illinois, but she's maintained. She was young when she moved my okay. cousin, Lauren, but she and my late cousin, Greg, her brother maintained their Yankee fandom mm-hmm. through growing up in, in Illinois. That's like good. to this day, she's a devout Yankee. Oh, fan. good. But also because she was in Chicago, she liked oh. watching the Cubs and, and Rizzo was her favorite cub. Mm-hmm. So even though she's not on the Rizzo side of the family, mm-hmm. she's our she's like our genealogist. So yeah. I'm ask her. I'm asking you now, cousin Lauren, to uh, find please the link between Anthony Rizzo and uh, then you can have us Rizzos. Yeah, we're gonna have them on anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's no reason. We've been talking about this for years that we're gonna have him on. I think the main thing that we have to do is we have to ask him probably. <laughs> But it would be nice if you saw this and he's like, yeah, I'll come on with, with those guys. Like, who do I have to call? Yeah. Go to Twitter at Diamond Diehards, uh, follow and send me a DM, Cousin Anthony, and uh, we'll get it worked out. doesn't have to be now. It could be after the season while you're doing nothing on a Tuesday night. Um, come up to the cabana. 
pool will be closed by then. Right. But uh, fridge is stocked pretty good. We'll have to figure out that setup with this with the window closed. Oh yeah, we're gonna do that, but we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Diamond Diehards on all social media, DiamondDieHards.com to check it out and uh, YouTube. Facebook group. Facebook group is like really the most interactive, I'd say. We've been a little lax posting stuff there. But uh, Facebook group is good for interactions. And when we do the live streams, those are really cool shows. So check those out and uh, jump in the comments and and talk to us as we're going along. As you can see behind us, we have old episodes uh, of the show playing on, on YouTube. So go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button and the alerts button. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, those are those are really like the big three. Mm-hmm. But uh, anywhere else you find podcasts, you will find us there. Where do we follow you? Instagram, Twitter, um, and TikTok. How? Instagram and Twitter at Aaron underscore Mulligan23. And actually, it's the same for TikTok. And then I'll post on Facebook, but that's just my name. Okay. I think that's going to do it. Yeah. For... Uh, Aaron Mulligan, show number one. Thank you for having me on. It is our pleasure for uh, for having you to join the family, and uh, I think that now we'll we'll hit a little rhythm, start doing some more shows here, and uh, maybe add a little more content in some of the other spots. And in the meantime, we're going to enjoy the baseball season and whatever else comes. So that is going to do it for this episode for Aaron Mulligan. This is Joe Rizzo. Diamond Die Hards is out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.